Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. Steve, I trimmed my beard. Can you tell me? You had it. Uh, all nice and bushy for the freeze. Yeah. And now that it's warming up, you can trim it down. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, I think it was I think it was Fletcher Mack. I didn't realize how how uh, wild and unkept my beard had become until like Fletcher, I think at the facility like a week or two ago, was like, Jeff, your winter beard is coming in nicely. And I was your like, winter beard. my winter beard. Meaning you, know, you look like you've been in the Revenant. Please shave. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the moment where I'm like, oh, people are commenting on it now. I should probably, I should probably do this. I talk on the radio. It doesn't matter what I look like. Right, I can right, look, exactly. I can look completely homeless. Uh, it's only the people on YouTube actually know what I look like from a day to, on a day-to-day basis. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, now my neck isn't it. Although it is still cold. It was like 30 degrees this morning, so... We'll get into it. I just I had free time, so I did it anyway. I needed no, people I to know that. the wild weather warm up coming this week is all like in the sixties. I was like, really? Is it? it can, will, can it stay here? Yeah, the winter lasts like a week here, you know. Uh, but but we'll see. I am glad I got I got my my uh, Pelicans Mardi Gras hat. So I'm gonna do the rest of this podcast in this hat. That'll keep you warm. This will keep me warm. I mean, I'm looking forward to wearing this at Mardi Gras because. Um, it's going to be on theme and it'll keep me warm, <laughs> but we'll go. And so this segment, uh, this is inside black and go. We're going to talk about the saints. Actually. Uh, this is not like a men's grooming podcast, uh, at least not yet. Um, but wait, we're going to talk about positions of need. And, and I went through this morning and I kind of broke down each position. Um, I did include a position called the Taysom. We don't need to worry about that one that you're, they're in good shape at the Taysom. But I am not. I, I only did that because I'm not including him in the tight end conversation. Now we can include him in the tight end conversation, and I am interested to see whenever they hire an offensive coordinator. One of my first questions will be, what "How do you plan? intend to use Taysom right. Hill?" Because you can't guarantee. You know, it, it's an interesting conversation because you're going to hire an offensive coordinator, but you're not going to hire an offensive coordinator and say you have to use Taysom Hill in the very specific way we have been using Taysom Hill. And if you don't, you're gone. No, you have to give him the option. Like that's it's his offense. Does he think the best option is to run QB power 12 times a game? I don't know, but that's going to be a question he's got to answer. Um, so I'm not including Taysom Hill in the tight end conversation, but he might be if the head coach does not like the idea of taking a starting quarterback off the field. And you say you're tight end now. You do need like to like, where does Taysom fit in except just his own category? Really nowhere because He's not your backup quarterback. He's not a tight end. He's not a running back. He just kind of does it all wherever you need him at that point. Yeah, I mean, he could be your backup quarterback. Um, but yeah, I mean, it again, it's one of the benefits of keeping Pete Carmichael was you knew exactly what to expect in that regard. You knew exactly how he was going to use Taysom and you didn't have to ask right. any questions. Now it's more of a question. Um, so that's going to be something. But again, like I don't think it, it doesn't really impact this. It's just me explaining when we talk about the tight ends why I'm not really including him in that. 
because uh, we don't know yet. But so I, the way I broke this down was kind of green. Green means go. Green means you're all good. You know, it's kind of like the alert system. So green, no alert. You know, you're you don't really mean to make any changes. Then you're gonna have yellow, which is like I you may spend a premium asset, but you don't have to, right? Like I wouldn't mind to see these positions upgraded, but it's not mission critical. And then I have red alert, and there's only three positions, you know, really two that I think it's like you need to do something here. Like if you go into next year with your roster the way it was, you're gonna be in trouble. Um, so the first, the first one, and it's going to annoy some people, but you got to be realistic about it. Is, now, wait a minute. is this just, you're looking at draft or also free agency, just or any kind of need both. really? Both. both. Okay. And mostly draft, mostly draft, but you know, you could also handle it in free agency. The thing is like the saints are never going to be the team that goes all in on free agency. No, right. So if you have a red alert position, it's typically not going to be able to be dra- to, to be addressed in the in in free agency alone. So, but I am like like for example, linebacker, you know, put the question is do you bring back Zach Bond? Cuz if you don't, then Sam linebacker is like what the hell is going to play your Sam anyway. So that is part of the conversation. Um, but I look at it more in in in, in free agency, I look at it more as in, are you bringing back your own players as opposed to going out and signing somebody as far as this is concerned? But so I'll just go through the greens first. And, uh, you know, the first position that is probably going to annoy some people again is quarterback. You know, I don't think that you have to add a quarterback. I don't think that it's even like a situation where you feel like, you know, oh, we, we, you're, you even have motivation to go out a quarterback. And to me, it's like, if it's not Jaden Daniels, I don't really want him. Um, or Drake may like if one of those two guys falls outside of the top five and you can make a move up and go get them, then I, then I, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm listening, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in there, but outside of that, I don't see it. Uh, like, and I don't see, I, even then, I don't know if the price would be right when you have all these other kind of needs or, or wants to spend so much to go get a quarterback. And, you know, it's not only because like, I, I think you got, representative quarterback play out of Derek Carr and you're paying him and you're going to have him around for at least one more year, probably more. It's also like, I don't want to spend premium assets and go up and get a quarterback in a make or break year for my head coach, knowing that I do that. And then next year I'm hiring a head coach and it's like, well, where am I? Right? Like that's, that's a tough situation to be in. And I don't know if you, you know, it's like you could really like a quarterback, but it's not a question of if he gets to your position, are you going to draft him? It's, are you going to spend the assets to go get them? And I don't think that works. Um, And I don't think, I think, and and I think you're in a scenario where you ride it out with DA and Derek Carr and that's what you're doing. And so if, if you're in a position next year where that worked out and you're drafting the tail end of the first round because you made the playoffs, then yeah, great. And if you're, and if that doesn't work and it burns down and it goes down in flames, then next year you're probably going to be in a position to go draft a quarterback. So I don't think it makes sense to do that this year unless someone falls into your lap. So that's why I have them in green. And also you have Jay Kaner who should be able to be your backup. So I don't, I don't know. Like, again, it's like in this, in the scope of this conversation, I don't look at it and say, man, quarterback, they got to go get a quarterback. I just, I just don't. Yeah, the thing is, too, it's like you, you really want to let Dennis Allen make all these moves, give up all these assets to get a quarterback he might not be around to be the coach for. Oh, right, right, exactly. <laughs> if, if you're in a situation where in, you know, in 2025 you're going to a rookie, that means that everything went so terribly like this year 
that you don't see it worth continuing. And if that's the case, then I don't, then I would want the next coaching staff to have an idea of who they're going to draft. Right? right. So if the, if the idea is you're playing, you're making a play for the future, then I don't, I just don't think it fits this year. Um, but we'll see, you know, and, and, and like if you go and you draft a quarterback in the fourth round again, then you're just kind of restarting that clock. Uh, and like, why did you go get Jake this year if you weren't going to give him a chance? So I don't, I just don't really see it. I don't think this is the year, but you'll find out. Um, I think Jameis is gone, so maybe that does open up a roster spot. So you could potentially have that third quarterback. But I don't think this team wants to have to carry a third quarterback because they already have Taysom, who can be that emergency third quarterback. So anyway, that's my green. Um, do you have anything else you want to add there? No, just the the yeah the QB position. I'm with you. If you can't get a guy like Jaden, I'm really not that enamored with anyone else in this draft where I was like, you know, it's worth taking a shot on. I mean, there might be that person, but, you know, I've seen even some mock drafts. They had the Saints getting Bo Nix, and that just didn't appeal to me at all. No, it's like if you're going to get a high-end guy, go get a high-end guy. But right. I don't know. Otherwise, it seems like you're just adding a guy to add a guy. So the next few, okay, so defensive end, defensive tackle. I kind of both put these in the green situation. And defensive tackle, I feel pretty good about. You brought in Colin Saunders, Nathan Shepard. They improved throughout the course of the year, I thought. You know, maybe didn't get the job done as much uh, early in the year, but I think the run game in particular got better, at least run defense. Um, and Brian Brzee is is a guy who's just continuing to to grow. I think you bring back Malcolm Roach, and we'll see from a rehab perspective. I think you bring back PJ Mustafer, and I think he, you know he's a guy who you kind of work at the tail end of that rotation. But I'm okay with it. Like I don't think you need to spend a premium asset there. The bigger question is defensive end, and the reason it feels a little bit more um, you know, important or, you know, urgent is the injuries, right? Like Peyton, just, but, but I like Peyton Turner, you don't really have a choice, but to bring him back and hope for the best. Obviously you can't bank on it in terms of him being healthy. Cause how the hell could you, <laughs> but you know, Isaiah Foskey is another guy who was injured and you're going to bring him back. He was second round pick. And you're talking about, you know, a kind of a rotation of Cam Jordan, Carl Granderson, Isaiah Foskey, Peyton Turner, and then Tano Passigno at the at the back end. And he can also work into your pass rushing uh, scheme and as far as kicking into def- defensive tackle. So just in terms of numbers, I don't think that, you know, at least this year, because you're tied to Peyton Turner for one more year, you're not picking up his option. It's just going to be tough for you to add a piece to that rotation. And the only reason you would is because you don't trust Peyton Turner to be healthy. So I don't know. Like, I think you just kind of got to roll with it and see what happens. You might add a piece. You might add a guy. But I also think Zach Bond is going to be re-signed and works back into that role as that specialist pass rusher. So that helps. I just, like, in terms of you're going to go into this draft and unless someone falls to you that you're in love with, I don't I don't think you're going to spend that, like, that 14. I kind of gauge it around that 14th pick or that second round pick. And at 14, I just, I, like, it would have to be someone that you are obsessed with falling to you at 14. Cause, cause I do think you're in decent shape there and you're, you're, you're going to want to spend it somewhere else. Um, but this was the defensive end was on the fringe for me between green and yellow. It's probably the closest to yellow of these green positions for me. No, I'm definitely right there with you just because I, I, I do want to add at defensive end because of the question mark still with Peyton Turner, uh, another Bobby a bearism. He's hell when he's well, but what, I mean, when is he? Well, that's, yeah. that's the rarity with him. Unfortunately, um, Hoping the kid can do, you know, turn some things around and 
and be more active, but we just can't bank on it. That's why I think, you know, sadly continuing to add at that spot is a necessity, even though we've seen a Davenport and, you know, for what you want to say, Turner be unsuccessful high picks for them. Yeah, I mean, I could see you adding to it. I just don't know if it's a premium asset you're spending on it, right? Like, right. I could see, like, there's like a few positions. Something amazing that was like, I can't believe so and so is still here, kind of thing. Is it, well, I mean, there's a few positions where it's like fourth, fifth round. I think you, that's where you might target. I just don't think like first, second round is going to make sense. Um, just because you've spent so much on that position over the last few years. And you just got, you, you have one year here where it's like, okay, can, can Peyton, get his head out of his ass and stay healthy. Right. Uh, can, can Isaiah show something, you know? Um, but we'll see, uh, either way. I mean, and like, we don't have to agree. Like that's, that's, I, I put that in the green, but if you want to put it in the yellow, you very much can. There's two more positions I have in green. One is wide receiver. I feel very good about wide receiver. I think on the offensive side of the ball, that's the position I feel the best about. Uh, I think you move on from Mike Thomas, but I just love the trio of Chris Olave, Rashid G, H.G. Perry, I think their kind of varied skill sets is just perfect in terms of what you want. You have one guy who can take the top off. You have one guy who's an elite route runner who can get open in a phone booth. You have another guy who is 6'5 and can go up and make contested catches. And and they can all do other things. They, you know, I think Rashid proved this year he can run the whole route tree and he's just going to get better at that. A.T. Perry can be a deep threat because you can throw him open. Yeah, you know, he can go make plays where other guys can't get to it. I just think I just really like the build of that wide receiver room. And so like you can add to it, you can add pieces, you know, and and there's players beyond them that you're gonna, you know, you're gonna want veterans, you're gonna want a like a Lynn Bowden, right? You know, maybe you bring back a Keith Kirkwood, maybe you go sign a veteran that that, you know, is uh, you know, like like an Adam Thielen type, like a guy that isn't gonna get paid a ton, but you trust to kind of lead that room. I don't know. Like I, I feel good about that room uh, probably more so than any other position. Yeah. It's something that uh, that's another, you know, spot there though. If somebody happens to, you know, fall to the saints that they'd be interested in maybe not the first round, but I'd even consider second, third round. How high is that? Just a third round pick. uh, Right. Uh, So a second rounder, even just to add to uh, the threat and the dangerousness of this offense for Derek Carr, um, I'd love to see another piece besides an Olave and Shahid, really. And I mean, obviously, like like you said too, we did see some development from Perry, but I could uh, I could still see another number one type guy on this team. I, I, I honestly, I don't think you know the the not having the third round pick makes it tough for me. Like I sure right. If they had a third rounder, I could see them spending a third rounder. I have a hard time seeing them going like unless someone fell that you just love again. Like that's always the wild card of like you know a really high grade on someone and they just drop down the board and you get a shot out. Whatever, them. right? I, I I have a hard time looking at that second round pick, knowing that you don't pick again until the fourth round, and saying yeah they're going to go after a wide receiver here when there's a lot of these other positions that you know make would make more sense. But again, it's like you're picking the best player. You're not picking the position. We're just kind of. I'm just kind of setting this in my Bar brain means. so I can, yeah. Um, the only other position I have in green, and it and it's very much on the fringe, is the interior offensive line. But the reason I have it in green is not so much about the position. It's about the fact that the tackles are so important to fix that you almost feel okay with if you end up with Hurst, McCoy, Ruiz, and those like you don't have to play James Hurst at tackle. I feel good about it. If you do have to play Hurst at tackle, then you got to do something at left guard. 
Um, but that means you didn't bring back Pete. You know, it, there's a lot of variables. I, but I feel okay about the interior offensive line. I'd like to see them assert themselves better in the run game, and I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind adding a left guard that is a, a little bit more high yield than a than a James Hurst. But in terms of like gotta have it, I, I think the position group is okay. O line, it needs some kind of help, and I don't know if that's for me really where you want to go for the draft, just because you're still waiting for your first round pick and Trevor Penning to develop. Well, see, I'm not uh, talking not, about uh, tackle. I'm talking about interior offensive line. I'm talking about guards and center. Yeah. So you're you're saying they don't need tackle to address it all? No, I'm saying they don't need a guard or a, or, or a center. Okay, okay. So they need to address tackle. Yeah, and one of the reasons that the interior line ends up in green for me is because they need to address the tackle position. <laughs> So it's I'm not I'm I'm separating that part separating the offensive line into tackles and interior like outside offensive linemen and inside offensive linemen. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I got you. But I agree completely that the tackle but, position is a problem. And we'll, we'll talk about that uh, <laughs> in, in a minute. Um, so we're getting on to yellow here, and and this is where a bulk of the positions that I think need to be addressed are. The closest one to okay, in my opinion, is tight end. And we talked about this in the first segment, so we don't have to get into a ton. But, you know, you look around the, the, the teams that are still playing and the teams that played into the postseason, and you just see, you know, top end tight end, top end tight end, top end tight end, top end tight end. Even, you know, the Ravens, they don't even have Mark Andrews, but he's a top end. He might be the best tight end, right? Like, he, in terms of fantasy stats, he's probably, he's definitely up there in the top three. And the Saints just don't have that. And, you know, I, if if we if Juwan Johnson didn't close the season the way he did, this would be a red alert position for me. Yeah. He did enough in the final six games that it's like okay, maybe with that with the consistency with Derek Carr and with health, you can be that guy that we thought you might be able to be going into the season. But all that said, you know, like I'm not typically the guy who says go out in the first round and go grab a tight end. But man, Brock Bowers is just that guy, and you watch like. You know, wouldn't it be nice for the Saints to be the team that has the tight end you can't guard, right? Like, how many weeks this season did we say, man, the Saints might have won that game, but they couldn't guard TJ Hawkinson. They couldn't guard Sam Laporta. They couldn't guard, you know, Cole Komet. They won that game, but they still couldn't guard Cole Komet, right? Like, it's so infuriating to have that happen week after week after week and never be the team that's like, ah, yeah, you can't guard him. I don't know. So personally, if, if they wanted to go out and spend a premium asset on a tight end in this draft, I would be all for it. No, and it appears we won't see Jimmy Graham again. He has flown out into the great abyss or wherever he was heading in his last Instagram post. We didn't see much of him anyway. It's a shame. Got some touchdowns. You know, a couple touchdowns to and a couple throws. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's all he really he got. got. Six catches, six passes all season, right? And then like five of them were touchdowns for him. Um but yeah. but yeah, overall, uh Hoping to see Jawan take that step we were expecting early on that he finished with. Like you said, it kind of kind of ended on a nice high note there, which is great. But what what's going to happen with Jawan going into next year? I, I'm still high on the guy. Just I'm, I'm convinced that there was had to be in that injury with him had to be really holding him back. Well, I mean, week 17 was the Jawan that I thought we'd see. You know, you don't need that every week, but you like like you you got to get it sometimes, right? And you got it in week 17, and he had that monster game, and he took over that game. Right. He had the injury to his shoulder. Um, 
And so, yeah, I mean, it like tight ends is tough because you, it's not never going to be, you know, I guess it can be a position where you put up the crazy numbers. Like you can, you're a George Kittle or a, or Zach Ertz, uh, you know, in his prime or, right. you know, Mark Andrews, you're talking about 12, 1300 yards or Jimmy Graham with all these touchdowns, Rob Gronkowski, like it can be that. Um, but like you're settling for a Dalton Schultz type season, right? Like 60 catches, eight, eight to 900 yards, eight touchdowns in that range. And, and you don't, you haven't been able to get that. And it's been a long time since the Saints offense has been able to establish and dominate with the tight end position. And I'm tired of it. I want to see it. All the good offenses in the NFL have a tight end that they can, that they can take advantage of in, in big moments. And the Saints don't seem to have that. Um, you could argue they lost as many games because of the tight end position this year as they won because the the Lions game, man, like if not for that fumble for, you know, in the first play of the game, that was just a completely different game. So I don't know. Like maybe maybe you look at it and you say Juwan is the guy, uh, but I'm I'm still not sold on it. No, you definitely need to add there for sure. You can't be completely bank on Juwan, unfortunately. Yeah, so now uh, running back – um, is another position that I just think you can continue to add to. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I like Kendra Miller. I like what we saw in week 18. I think that makes you feel a little better about that situation going forward. I think you're still going to be with Alvin Kamara as your lead back next year, but how many more, like how long can you continue to, to trust that? I think you're going to get into the mid rounds of this draft and maybe a fifth, sixth round pick. You're looking at a running back, a guy you can bring in and have him compete with Jamal Williams for that RB three job. And, you know, if Jamal comes in and looks different and wins that job, great. But I, I'm i not giving it to him. Uh, and so I'm still I'm still looking at that because I'm kind of treating this as, okay, if if I feel like Kendra Miller can be my RB1 in a couple of years, who's the RB2? Who's coming in? And I'd like a young guy to be able to do that. So, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm still kind of looking at that. Yeah, I'm still looking for who's going to be that physical pound and ground kind of guy uh, besides Taysom. I'm, I didn't like what I saw Jamal Williams at all this season. I know he was dealing with some injuries at Wells, but when he was in, he just didn't look to be like that, that dominant physical guy you could rely on at the one yard line. Agree completely. It just it didn't work. Unless it's victory formation and then hell he's in the end zone. Didn't Yeah. It just did not happen the way you hoped. And again, maybe right. the injury slowed him down. I don't know, but you know, I, I'm still, I'm still not, I'm not looking at that and saying, Oh, I'm not drafting a running back because I have these three guys. Like, uh, I'm, I still think that's a position you could add to. Now, we'll, we'll go through these next few quickly. So you're talking about the secondary, CB1 and 2. You know, I, I only put this here because I think you're trying to trade Marshawn Lattimore. And so if you do that, then yes, you do need to add a cornerback probably. Just in terms of depth, you always want to have depth. You could also just re-sign Ike Adam if you think you have the, uh, you know, if they, you can afford That'd to do nice. that. There's a, a few ways that you could address this. But I think Alante Taylor has to be your outside corner next year, or Please. at least you put him in that position. And so if you do bring back Marshawn, if you don't trade Marshawn, then you know I don't think you do need to add a player but you because you already have premium depth in Alante Taylor there. But if you do trade Marshawn and that's what your plan is, because that's going to happen after the draft, uh, I think the way you approach the draft is probably going to be telling of what your plans are with Marshawn. Uh, but I, like, I feel good about it. So I'm not saying you have to add a piece, but if you if you're going to trade Marshawn, I think you're probably going to bring in a young corner. Yeah, and I would obviously you would. I'm thinking you have Alante Paulson, and you, you really need to fill that slot role because we saw that um, obviously Alante Taylor was not that dude this year. <laughs> Foreshadowing. 
we'll get into that. Uh, so, you know, the, the next position is strong safety, free safety. It's another one where it's kind of contingent on what you do with another guy. So I think you move on from Marcus May. I just yeah. I don't think you've gotten what you needed out of Marcus May. I don't think he's been effective. There was one week this year that he was healthy enough to play, and they just didn't play him, right? Like they had him inactive, and that's just so telling of of the impact that they felt like he was having. Uh, like he he could have like he he was healthy enough to play. They didn't even have him in uniform. Like you could say like oh we didn't get to go through practice. Yeah, so like Jordan Howden was sick, and they didn't have him inactive. They just you know like. I just don't think Marcus May is going to be back. And if not, and you go into it saying, okay, Jordan Howden is probably your starting safety opposite Tyron, but Tyron's 32, 33, right? Like, so I think that's a position where you probably do need to keep adding pieces. You don't necessarily need to do it early, but I'd like, you know, like Jordan Howden was a fifth round pick. I think you're just continuing to throw darts at the safety position and, and, and trying to find guys that can be quality assets. And like, I, I think you probably bring back, Maybe an Abram, maybe an Ugo Amadi, maybe a Lonnie Johnson. Uh, but I, I think you're probably just trying to just fill out that kind of gamut of, of players there. So I have them in that. I have that position there too. But if you bring May back, maybe, maybe Marcus, Marcus May. Um, May. I, I do think safety is, you have it as uh, yellow or green? Yellow. Yeah, it's, it's something that definitely needs uh, attention just because you mentioned questions with May and then the age with Matthew. And, you you know, you got to like what you saw from Howden rookie year, but you can't really still rely on it too much going into year two. You do want to see, obviously, continued development there. Yeah, and I, and I just like pairing young guys with a Tyron Matthew. I, I think, like, pl- young players who play next to Tyron Matthew for the first year or two years of their career will be better players than they would have been otherwise. Oh, for I sure. Just think I, that's, I, I think that's important. You know, it's like Caden Ellis isn't the player that he is today if he didn't play next to Demario Davis for three years. Just not. Um, so uh, I kind of feel like Tyron, the same way about Tyron. Uh, and, and speaking of that, like my last position is linebacker, Will mm-hmm. Mike Sam. You know, we went to this season and that was a serious concern is you don't have any depth at linebacker. What are you going to do at that position if Demario or Pete go down? Now, you never that really never became an issue. Right, Demario hurt his knee, but he played through it. Pete missed a game, I think, but otherwise, you know, you were you were okay with it. Um, now, you Nephi Sewell is probably not going to be ready to start next season, even if you keep him around. So you're going to need a body there. Uh, if you bring back Zach Bond, that simplifies it a little bit because you feel like he's your Sam linebacker. Um, but you know, I'd like to see somebody added. You know, maybe uh, yeah, yeah. Again, like it's like okay, does it need to be a second rounder? Probably not, but. You know, you have DeMarco Jackson. You have some of these guys. I just think that's a position you have to consider in terms of DeMario isn't going to play forever, I think. Uh, so, I don't know. That's another position that I, that I think you could add pieces. You don't have to add pieces, but I think you probably should. Yeah. The, thankfully, you might, can you imagine that, say, DeMario's injury did hamper him as much as it, like, Cam Jordan was affected this year. The Saints would have been miserable. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, because we hear now basically Jordan playing on one leg, and I believe it. Obviously, we saw a huge dip in his numbers, very uncam like. But I mean, obviously, with Demario Davis, he seems like this ageless wonder out there. But eventually, Father Time, you know, doesn't doesn't uh, stop for anybody. Obviously, and it's going to catch up, and you got to be prepared. Uh, Pete Warner, we've seen some good things out of, but. 
not a hundred thousand percent sold on him right now either. Yeah, I think you know. <sighs> yeah, I mean, he's your starting will linebacker. It didn't go particularly well this season, right? But I'm still not. I'm not replacing him, you know. But I, I do, you know, I, I do want to add some depth there. And it's uh, been a position. It's been a position going into this year. Like you said, it was like, man, what the hell are they going to do with linebacker? Yeah. Well, I mean, we knew it, it was always like, okay, I feel good about Pete and Demario, but what happens if afterwards misses right. games? And you can't say, well, we didn't really have to worry about this year because this year is not relative to next year, right? Like that doesn't mean that no one's going to break their leg and suddenly you have to rely on the backup for an extended period of time. Look at the bills. Like the bills ended up in a situation uh, in that playoff game where they were down to like Dorian Smith, the Dorian Williams, a Tulane kid as their kind of yeah. starting linebacker. And it's like, you know, uh, while Dorian Williams, I think he was a third round pick. I think he, he's a, he's a quality guy, but like, you know, that happens. And so what do you, where are you? Like, where would the Saints have been if they ended up having to give significant reps to DeMarco Jackson, right? Like uh, Nephi Sewell, I, who, you know, when you gave him those chances. And, you know, one guy we didn't talk about, Michael Hodges, the linebackers coach, is interviewing with the Patriots. It'll be interesting right. to see if, if he's still around. But he has developed guys, and that's probably the only, the best argument you could make to me to why, you know, you don't need to spend a premium asset on a linebacker is because you found these guys and developed these guys over the course of several seasons but either way, I'd like to see you go find guys that you think you can develop. Um, and so that's my that's my last yellow position. So anything you need to add to that before we move on to the the red alert positions? No, it sounds good. Let's what are we what are we having? Red alert. Well, the first position is really two positions, but it's right tackle and left tackle. Okay. And this becomes an even bigger concern because it's both. If it was one, you feel like, okay, we can go address one. We can find a way. If it's both, which you don't know if it's going to be both, but man, I don't know how you can look at Ryan Ramchick right now and be like, well, we don't have to come up with a contingency for if right. he retires, right? Or or at very least, if he's not as effective as, as he needs to be, right? So, I mean, you're looking at it and saying, man... We drafted a left tackle in the first round, and this is something that Scott Shanley talked about. When you miss on those big guys in the first round, it really sets you back. And Trevor Penning, while the team is not saying that they're quit on him, like they think they're hoping that they can give him an offseason program and have him come back and develop and be that left tackle. I don't know how you again, I don't think you can bet on it. So what are you gonna do? Like you gotta get at least somebody who profiles as a as a left tackle and you know, those are tough guys to find. See, this uh, is yeah, this is where it's like drafting. I don't know. I think you need somebody veteran here to bring in. Yeah, well, right. So you're gonna trust a rookie, like you already had trouble developing a rookie. And, right. You know, and, and it's like at 14, it's not easy to find. Like that's the, the the premium left tackles usually don't get to that spot. Maybe they do this year because of the quarterbacks at the top, and because a guy like Brock Bowers probably goes in the top 10, which is not a position you typically see a tight end. A Marvin Harrison Jr. probably goes in the top 10. So that's five picks already that helps push some of the offensive line prospects down the board. So maybe you are able to get one of your top options, and that helps you at one of those positions. Uh, but one way or the other, you are not getting very far if you don't have left tackles. And maybe you maybe bring back Andres Pete, maybe... You know, like my my issue is his market might be a little steeper than you're able to mark than you're able to swim in, right? Like the the water that you're trying to go in might be That's a little too deep. To think about. 
Uh, it is, but it's like, I know. you know, you're talking about a, a guy who can play left tackle and left guard. And a lot of teams like that. Um, and so we'll see. But no, and I, I mean, he gets a ton of crap from fans and obviously he doesn't get so much anymore. No, what is what he was able to do when filling in at the left tackle spot? It was amazing. It was really amazing how the easy transition was for him and how much better overall the O-line started performing. I I will say I I don't want to call it an easy transition, but I will say how easy he made it look because that's not an easy transition, but he made it look like it was. Um, And yeah, so, you know. If you can keep him around, that keeps that 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 at least makes you feel a little better about it. Like then you can go into the draft and say, okay, we feel like Andres Pete can play left tackle if we need him. And if Trevor does play like show good enough, then we can kick Andres to guard and have Hurst be the swing guy and maybe back up Trevor. Like that makes it a lot easier because then you can maybe draft a right tackle prospect and have him as that contingency if Ryan Ramchek can't go. Or if Ryan try, can go, but then gets hurt or just his knee gives out on him and you have that guy ready to plug in. That's, to me, the ideal scenario. But it's all going to come down to, man, is there a betting war for Andres Pete? <sighs> I don't know. Either way, that's going to be a huge position to watch. That is kind of your red alert position because if yeah. you can't get Andres Pete back, <laughs> Trevor doesn't work out, Ryan retires. Yikes. Big Yikes. Like that could end your season before it starts. Like genuinely, like that's why it's a red alert situation. Because if you, if the worst case scenario comes through at left and right tackle, which is what I just explained, even if you spend the 14 pick, you could spend your first two picks on tackles. It's still going to be a nightmare because Derek Carr's not running around. You don't have a Lamar Jackson or a Josh Allen or somebody that can make these offensive linemen look better than they are. You got a guy who needs, you, you saw him play better at the end of the season. It's, in large part because he got pass protection. It's going to be a long season if you don't if you don't have that right that, that that tackle situation figured out. So that is my biggest red alert position. I have one more that's not as as important, but it's still important. No, that one's definitely the reddest of red alerts for sure. You need, and obviously Derek Carr will agree. Please get me some help up front. Yes, I agree. The other position is slot cornerback, and. In a lot of cases, I wouldn't look at this and say, well, that's its own position. But in today's NFL, it's his own position. Yeah. Um, and, you know, over the last two years, this defense hasn't had the teeth that I think that we we saw from it in the 2020 season and the 2021 season. We have not seen it be as dominating, as aggressive. And you can draw a direct line between that and C.J. Gardner-Johnson leaving. Hmm, guy that's um, in the right place at the right time had a pick in the against the Buccaneers the other day. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, I understand you had to move on from him. It's like he, you weren't going to pay him, and and he was going to be a, a you know a like a, like a impossible person to have in your locker room. I get it. That said, you haven't replaced him. Nope. Bradley Roby was serviceable in the slot. Let he wasn't go. good. Alante Taylor was willing in the slot. He's not a slot cornerback. He's not. You benched him in two of your last three games. He's not a slot cornerback. Stop. Don't do it. Please but stop. You do need to get a slot cornerback. And, you know, I, I, if, if, if you look at it and say, you know, maybe 
we put Tyron in that role, which I don't think that's going to work. Maybe you put Ugo in that role as your starting slot corner, but man, that's a low end option. I don't know. Like I'd like you to go out and try to find a slot corner, like a premium slot cornerback, whether it's free agency, you know, and I know they don't want to pay that position, but man, I don't know how you can look at these last two seasons and look at some of the inefficiencies in terms of stopping the run and tackling and being aggressive and not look and not kind of point to that slot cornerback position. So, you know, I, I wouldn't mind, it, you know, and I kind of look at it like, you know, it's, it's similar to me in the draft is you look at, okay, well, you can get a left tackle, but you can only get them at the top end, whereas you can get the top, the uh, top interior line option in the second round a lot of the time or at the end of the first round, right? So you should be like, it's the same thing with cornerbacks. Like outside corners, the elite outside corners are going to go in the first round and maybe the second round. The, the pre, like the guys who profile as a slot corner, you know, maybe that is a second round pick. So I, I don't know if I'm the Saints, I'm, I'm scouting these guys and I'm looking for the top rated slot corner prospect. And I'm being aggressive and I'm going out and getting them because I just think this defense needs that. They need that position to have teeth. It can't be a guy who's getting attacked. And if he is getting attacked, he needs to go out and make plays. And I think when this defense struggled, it was in the slot um, covering, covering tight ends, right? Covering the middle of the field, coming up and run fit tackling in space. Uh, you know, like I just think that to me, that's, that's, a mission critical piece of this defense that has not been good enough either the last two seasons. And you the results have, have shown that um, even when, when CJ was out in 2021, right in, in the games he missed, you saw this defense be a lot less effective. Uh, it's a good, that's my last red alert position is like, I don't, I don't, I don't, it doesn't, I'm not saying you have to address it a certain way, but you do have to address it, you know? And I hate to, I hate to tell you, well, you know, who's going to be a free agent this off season. Is he? Mr. Gardner Johnson. Yeah, he signed a one-year deal with the Lions. Yeah, obviously we'll see what happens over there, but I don't know that's I don't know if he burned bridges here or not, but he seemed more of a Peyton guy than a DA guy. Oh, you burned bridges 100 <laughs> percent There's no way they bring him back. There's no way. Uh, but they could. And I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it, but I think some people might hate it. <laughs> I'm, uh, fans would love it. Maybe people in the locker room would hate That's it. I don't saying. know. Yeah, I'm not saying. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, yeah. And he has, and he does, like, it is interesting because it's a different coaching staff, right? Like, Marcus Robertson, Joe Woods, they were not here when CJ was was here. Right. So it's more just the DA thing. Like, did DA burn the bridges? Did the front office burn the br- I don't know. Uh, yeah, because he, he clearly has no problems with Dan Campbell or Aaron Glenn. Yeah. I don't know. But, Maybe it was a Christmas. Yeah, I, I could I could see how that that personality can run its course though anywhere. Oh yeah, I mean the Eagles didn't keep him around. He led no, the league right, in interceptions. Exactly. He right. led the NFL in interceptions. And they were like, bye. And missed like six games. And they were like, yeah, Crazy. good. See ya. So it's like it's you know, it, and maybe maybe learn from that. Who knows? I don't know. Because like at a certain point, you got to look in the mirror and be like, maybe it is me. No, but but you you talk about you know some attitude on the defense. He definitely huge part of that, obviously, because you see that now they're not, there's not that same swagger to whatever you want to call. You still got Demario and Taran Matthew, Cam Jordan, guys like that, but man, oh man, CJ Gardner, Johnson, the button pusher is fantastic. Tone setter, button pusher. 
Like as annoying, like it, it's, it's it's like there are certain guys who it's like, yeah, I get it. He's tough to handle in the locker room, but he does like it's like you can't well, you can't really put a price point on like getting people fired up, right? Like and getting I don't know, like it's just I just haven't seen that with this defense over the last two years. And and I don't know if the Saints need that. I don't know, but I do know they need a they need a top end slot cornerback. And so I need them to go find one this year. And I haven't done a lot of scouting yet to kind of identify who the top rated slot guys are in in the draft. And it's tough because defenses in college don't necessarily play the same way. So you don't you, you, you don't get really an A to B comparison. But I do think to me that's something that this year I really need to see them invest some time and not just say, well, let's see if we can make it work with this guy. Like get a guy who that's their job and and we'll go from there. But that's the last position I have. You got anything else before we get out of here? No, I'm a huge one for that, too, just because I'm fresh. I was frustrated all year just for Alante and hoping that he gets back to the outside and we get to see more of uh, him shining more in this in his defense, because I know he's capable of a hell of a lot more. Agreed. But all right, let's wrap up this podcast. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. This is Inside Black and Gold. I want to come back later this week and get into our first mock draft, the one that will be completely wrong as opposed to future ones, which are probably just going to be mostly wrong. Because it's just going to be a complete guess, but I do think it'll be a good. I think it'll be a good baseline, pre-senior bowl mock draft, and then we can build from there. That'll be our 1.0, and uh, we do. We just need to decide which uh, which mock draft website we're going to use. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, which one's the best. It's all the same. The only problem is some of them. It's like different, you know, uh, scouting reports or whatever they decide to use, and it's like, okay, which one out of all this do I pick now? Yeah, last year we used Pro Football Focus, but I think they put it under like a subscription, which I have. But uh, I mean, we'll see. But that, that'll be that'll be something for coming this week. So keep an eye out for that. And then obviously we'll just be getting into Locking more offseason draft stuff, offensive coordinator search. I expect next couple of weeks we'll get an idea uh, and probably get a hire, uh, hopefully before the Senior Bowl. So we'll get into that. But that is for another day. Thank you everyone for listening. This is Inside Black. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Noack. You can follow Steve at Steve Geller. WWL. You can follow the show at Saints underscore pod. And you can check out the latest news, notes, and analysis at WWL.com. Thanks, everyone, for getting all the way to the end. Why? Why are you still here? Diehard Saints fans, baby. They're crazy. Maybe. Maybe that's it. But all right. Who that? Okay.